Welcome to episode 491 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, team, welcome along to episode 491 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Why? Because got, I'm got uh, your training gear on. Got my training gear on. We're getting into a little bit of riding. It's an exciting week. The weather's warm. Got the iPad. Got the iPad. Using my iPad because I left my, my laptop in Queenstown. Yeah, not. Yeah, some people be surprised by that, but I'm not. <laughs> uh, so we're just gonna have to see how I, how I handle the iPad. I'm using the old version of GarageBand on John's laptop, and it's a uh, it's a bit of a bit of a bit of a memory walk, John. Pick the old days. It's good times, though. I'm, I'm glad I can remember how to use it. Uh, my talk is proudly brought to you by Athlinks.com, social networking for endurance athletes, extreme endurance, galactic buffer, and our fantastic patrons. We've got Neil the Ninja Stafford. James, the Golden Goose, Scottick. The Racing Vampire, Adam Leach. Jens. That's a good one, actually. <laughs> That's a good one. The uh, the champ, Jens Dahlman. Uh, Andrew, the Predator Hunt. Was Jens the one who won the... Um, yeah, he was. He won, he won it. Nice he, work. That's one maybe we call him the champ. Yes. Because he actually won the prize. So just for those, because we kind of didn't really talk much about it at the time, he couldn't use it the year he won it. Um, but basically, he went back this, this year. year. And uh, he did it, and he said, never a good race. Yeah. Yeah. This year, though, if you want to join us over there, sign up to be a patron. All the accommodations, you could choose to stay with us if you want to. You've got the option of on doing the couch. that. On the, I'm couch. on the couch. I'm on the couch. John, John calls me, do you want to sleep on the couch? <laughs> do I have an option? <laughs> yeah, that's one of those questions. You don't, yeah, I should have rephrased it. You're like sleeping on the couch. Please. That's what I'm saying. I oh, know. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so you could be champ number two. So if you want to do that, become a patron, it's the best thing you ever do in your life, guys. On this week's show, we've got some news. We've got an, have we got an age grouper? No, we haven't. No, Sorry, no. I forgot to delete that. We've got a website. We have got a website. Is that the the video? This is a great gold it's video. Sensational. It's just a YouTube clip rather than but a website. It, but it's it's super very good. Mm. Uh, you've got sort of an interview. Yes, we have. So we're going to talk to the guys from Triple T. You, you guys will have heard how passionate I am about that race, having not even done it. Yep, I just love, it. love the form- I love the format. And do you know what I'm going to bring up with this dude? Is I looked at the entry fee, and we'll find out if I'm wrong or not. But it looked like it was 200 bucks. Wow, that's pretty good. See, that, for a three-day race? For a three-day race. It's a prologue, two Olympic distance races on the Saturday, and a half Ironman on the Sunday. Man. Plus, you, you get losing money. It must be. It looked awesome. So we'll find out a bit more about that. Sorry, I wasn't ready for you. <laughs> I was right. drinking my cup of tea. And then we've got some questions and answers at the end. Okay, guys, so not much racing happening right now, but some big news has come through this week. So all of you all have heard that Ironman Melbourne got canned, and it was not WT's fault, DC. WTC's fault. It was sort of out of their hands. They looked at all the uh, alternatives. Do you know what? I've got some word on the street, John. Mm-hmm. And actually, word on the street. Because I was down in Queenstown last weekend, the Queenstown yes. in New Zealand. Yes. You like them because you're a club. Yeah. Give them a plug. In New Zealand, Queenstown Marathon. Great event. Pretty impressive event. 9,000 people in second year, which is New Zealand's second biggest race now. Mm-hmm. Um, Jane Patterson was there. All right. Having a bit of a chat. I told Jane, we're tight. <laughs> you might want to keep this a little bit she off told the me Everything's confidential. Don't say anything. No, but she was pretty much saying, and she said it is official now that Melbourne is disappearing. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it is, they are no longer, because the contract was ending next year anyway, mm-hmm. um, and it just turns out it was just too hard. Too hard. Yeah, which is kind of understandable, but, but a bummer at the same time. It is, and it leaves a bit of a, a little bit of a hole in the calendar for the Aussies. So what's happened is the Asia-Pacific Championships, which used to be in Melbourne, is now moving up the road to Cairns, uh, and it's, they've got a three-year deal up there. The, the, the difficulties here is for the pros, there's, all these championship races are quite backed up now. Yeah, now it's shifted, because eh? what was great in the past was you had mm. Melbourne early, mm. Germany mid, and then you had that kind of American one, which was brought back a little bit, but now it's kind of... It, it just takes away that early season race. Yeah. You know, I would have much... I'm, I'm sure the pros would have preferred it, say, maybe have Ironman New Zealand, then you've got a March race there. That you, they've got April... I think they're spread out, so April, May, June, July now. Um, so they're still spread out, but, you know, the, the Grand Slams and all, all other sports, I know it's different when we've got Kona in there, but, you know, they're spread through the year. You have your Well, do you think this was a season? choice to make to, to boost a bad race? You know, like, if we look at it, Ken's wasn't a, a sellout race... Um, I, think, I think it's a combination of things, and I, I dare say one of those things will be a checkbook because yep. they've had good sponsorship there from, you know, tourism is really big up there, and maybe they've got a bigger checkbook than, say, Tourism Taupo had. So I think part of that is, is it, but I think, yeah, I wouldn't say it's a bad race, but it didn't attract the numbers. And you've got to think part of the reason for that is time it's of the time of year. Yeah. You know, for, for Kiwis and Aussies and stuff, it's a middle of winter race, not yeah. middle of winter, but early, kind of winter, early yeah. winter race. You're training. You're starting to train in bad weather and dark nights. Mm. So you have your full, you, know, you have your full summer, and then you, you know, summer sort of finishes March, Aprilish time for us, and yep. then you got to hang on till till June. So, look, it's great they've got a championship race. I uh, would have preferred I'm in New Zealand. I would have preferred. I would have been pretty cool if I'm in New Zealand was the championship race mm. and just get some. Some, a good field here or, or I would have thought that Port Macquarie might have been a better option as well because then it's just that little bit earlier as well so Cause anyway. it does shift a lot of pro seasons because a lot of pros could mm. turn up to Melbourne have a great race make a lot of money set up the season and then do that thing of focusing on the Kona. second half of the season heading towards Kona mm. so, so I don't think it's ideal but it is what it is it is what it is um, uh, we also have Challenge Lang uh, Phuket sorry over the weekend and Ray Lu is looking skinny Yes, he is. So Did you see the photo on Instagram? You, you Instagram, don't you? No, I don't do Instagram. You've got an account. Have I? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're Linda's on, probably you're on it all the time. Yep. What are you doing? I'm trying to get a link to open. <laughs> He's loving the iPad. Oh, bloody iPad. <laughs> I have to go off the top. Uh, so Michael Raylert took it out from Brendy. Is it Michelle Brendy? I haven't got no bloody links in front of me. God, we're amateurs. Yeah, Brendy. Brendy. Yeah, and Michelle Brendy took it out as there well. There you go. You can give me Michael, a general knowledge quiz. No, Simone. Simone Brandy. Yeah, from Switzerland, won the elite in the 22nd annual Phuket. Oh, didn't you do Phuket one time? It's good. This is, uh, the reason I brought to bring this race up, and yes, I did do Phuket one time. <laughs> Everyone complains we never talk about 70.3s, but this year, this race seems to get on the our show every year. So it's it's awesome. If you want to go over there for a week, when I did it, they didn't have the two races. So now what they have is first weekend, you have the Laguna Phuket Triathlon, which is uh, a little bit longer than Olympic. Um, really cool course, some gnarly hills in there, and a unique swim, and a pretty cool run as well. And then you can spend the week just hanging out in so this is what Phuket. They, they swim 1.8, bike 55, and then run 12. Mm. Pretty cool. And the, but the, the cool thing about the swim is you swim seawater, then you run over a sandbar, and then you jump in freshwater. It kills oh, you. Wow! It's really, What's really it like? tough. It's horrible. You feel like you're just drowning. Really, it's, it's really significant. Because you lose the buoyancy. Mm. Mm. So it's. Wow, um, that'd be really interesting because it, it is a significant change, but not many of us ever get to experience that shift so suddenly. Mm. And uh, and I remember when I did, I was I was just off the back of this dude Mark Lee's who ended up winning the race, and you're going over the sandbar, and you're just putting in the big ones, and then you have to jump back in the water, and it was a killer. But where'd you killer. get in that race? 
probably it's not necessarily where I got it's who, who, did you who beat? was behind you got second didn't you I did get second and who was behind you a guy by oh, the name of Reed, wasn't it world champion so anyway uh, it's a great week if you ever want to go and have a nice week away where you could take the family or you could take your partner so get wait, in a bit of sneaky racing. racing or is it two no, weekends no you have the, the Laguna Phuket try on the first weekend and then you've got a week of uh, chilling out and then the weekend after is the uh, it's now the challenge Sort of half Ironman. Okay. So, a good week away. Okay, John, that sounds really good. Um, Coming up. i some weird advertisement of some glasses on here. Oh, for God's sake, focus on the show. Well, look at these glasses. I think they give you no. like, stats while you're riding. Wouldn't that be annoying? Oh, the ones on the, so was that on slow twitch or something? Yeah. Yeah, but they've got, they're, they're these glasses, they've got all the, um, the all your stats and stuff. So, you, instead of looking at your watch, you basically get it. Or the bike the, thing that's right in front of you. Yes, <laughs> yes. So you basically have all your stats coming up in your glasses. It's like you, you know, Google, you, Google Glass type things. Yeah, but is, have you have any feedback on them? Oh, no, none, none whatsoever. I'm not quite sure. If anybody has got feedback, yeah, love to hear it's not it. my kind of thing. It is a bit, I just think all this stuff's a bit dangerous. If you're on the road, you well, can't sure, even you can look down at your... Because on a bike, your, your thing's right in front of you. It's not like... It's got all different other apps as well, like oh. answering your phone and all that sort of oh. crap on there. You'll love just that. Just go out you'll there and train, <laughs> for God's love the sake. to send texts when you're riding. Oh. Uh, did you invent this, John? You saw a need in the market? I'm going to start ranting soon. <laughs> I see you've got a rant coming up. Uh, also, this weekend we have Ultraman coming up. Fantastic event, but not an event that I want to do myself. Uh, if you want to, Hawaii Ultraman. Yes. Okay. Uh, go listen to look up Craig Percival interview from last year. He finished in second place last year. And, and we had Guy and um, Kate on because they do Canada. She won Canada, didn't she? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, Kate Beverly. You, you went blank there, didn't you? No, you were like, just recalling. I can't. I can't access any internet on the silly little iPad. So in terms of the course in Kona, pretty unique. 10-kilometre point-to-point swim. What was what I thought was interesting is you're actually allowed to wear wetsuits in the swim. It actually seems to be a bit encouraged. I don't know what percentage of people wear them. Purely just because they're going for so much longer? No, it's uh, because of jellyfish and all oh. that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. look at your face. I think it does. But it seems kind of odd because you, you, you start down by the pier and you basically swim all the way down to Kehoe, which is basically the end of Ali'i Drive. And whenever, whenever I've been out there swimming Ironman course, I've never had any issues with jellyfish, but maybe it's a different, slightly when different time it, of the year. When I was in um, Maui, I got done with a blue bottle. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just, kind of, just kind of sweep my side a little bit. And mm-hmm. If you've got hit big time. Yeah. It wouldn't be fun. I know. Especially if you've got a still swim. So when you do Ultraman, you'll be wearing a wetsuit. Oh, I'd be you? loving that 10k swim. You know me of swimming. And uh, so you do your 10k swim and then you have a 150k bike ride and that takes you from Kehoe around to Volcano, which is on the opposite side of the island. And that is not an easy ride. It's uh, you're going up and down pretty much all day. Really hard to find your rhythm, especially if you're having a bad day. Um, nice roads, nice and quiet for, for the most part. But, you know, the, the last... 20 to 30k is basically all uphill, often into a headwind. It's not steep, but it's you know probably 3%, and it just grinds you into a bore, especially after you've done 10 kilometres of swimming. So pretty hard opening day uh, one. And then day two, you bike 270 kilometres, um, where you do a little loop down to Hilo and around this beautiful red road area, and then you head all the way out to Harvey. So you got quite a bit of climbing in the back half of the, or the last sort of quarter of the ride, and you finish at Harvey, and then day three is running a double marathon. Last year, Tobias uh, Winnie Moller won mm-hmm. it, and then the girl was Yasaku 
Mazayaki mm-hmm. from I imagine from some Asian country. And he smoked it on the uh, on the run, didn't he? Past Craig, but one by now. Yeah, yeah. So Craig was second. Yeah. It's as you heard from Craig. If you listen, well, to we the took interview. it out by an hour in the run. So he only won by t- he only won by five minutes. Mm. Took an hour out of him in the run. Oh, imagine that! But Craig, I remember. I seem to remember Craig saying the run was not terrible for him. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it was so hard. Was just that much better. Yeah, but have to say, running eighty four k's. Can't be much fun down the Queen K. I especially after two days like that in front of you. Yeah. But the Queen K is not an exciting road. No. Luckily, you have the variation of terrain where it does go up and down a bit. But there'll be zero spectators. And when you say zero, I mean, there will be nobody out there. You will have a fair amount of car, cars and trucks and stuff yeah. coming yeah. past. It is a big wide shoulder. It's perfectly safe. But it just, I don't know. It's just an awfully long, hard, boring run and very, very hot. Ultraman could probably uh, invest in a new website. Yes. <laughs> they are I, looking I, at the 1990s. Yes. <laughs> get with the times, Ultraman. I know you're not a big organisation. You know, you get a pretty cheap website nowadays. I know. <laughs> For a thousand bucks, <laughs> a thousand bucks. You, could, uh, you could take it to the next <laughs> Just level. Just go Squarespace, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Squarespace are pretty good. Okay, we've got um, also Ironman Cozumel coming up. It's a 100k race. Yes, which was somewhat surprising to me. Yeah. Uh, so it's coming up this weekend. Tell me who's in it. I'd love to know who's <laughs> in it because I can't um, open up any links. Your, your internet's a bit slow itself. Uh, Ironman Cozumel, we've got um, so, oh, Rugby Beaker. R- from re- memory, no. Oh, no, that's who won it. Should yes. we swap? Let's swap. No, 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 Let's no. Swap. no. We've got Michael Weiss. I apologise. Tyler Butterfield. Poor quality this week. <laughs> Justin Deere is going to be there. Trevor Wirtle. The girls' field. Chris is, McDonald is more impressive than the the guys. Yeah, from but that's the, a stop. The Scott the Philippus. Yeah, that's, that's a good field. I know. You know, it's a good. You know, and so it should be for for hundred thousand. Richard Joseph race. pulled out. Yes, I noticed that. Mm, Linda Cave's going to be there. Kim Peterson, Corinne Amber, uh, Abraham, Carrie Lisa, um, Heather Wirtle. Did he Gisbauer. So you got a lot of the girls that didn't have great Konas yeah, uh, uh, rocking up here to try to get some points. So see, you know, we we had Ironman Florida on, or no, that Ironman Florida's coming up, uh, or just no, it's just been. It's just been because there's uh, no pros here, and that's why I couldn't remember it because yeah. there was no pros here. So. No pros, you forget it. I do. It's, you're not a GoPro. You're a no pro. It's dead to me. <laughs> it's dead to you. We had this. We had some uh, some car racing. We, we follow the uh, Australian car circuit. Do you? No, we don't. But in New Zealand, we follow the, the V8s. The V8s. And this Kiwi guy crushed into another guy in the, in the post race interview. The guy said, That guy's dead to me. He's nothing. He's dead to me. <laughs> I'm in Arizona. No, I'm in Arizona. I'm in Florida. Florida, you're dead to no, me. No, you're dead to him. Yeah. The no other pros, th- no love. I'm not going to rant here. But oh, it sounds like you are. This week's... Um, when you say, I'm not going to rant, where's it leading? I'll rant next week because it's going to be discussion of the week. We had an email in from um, Mike Parrott and he was he forwarded us an email about the WTC and the Legacy Program. Oh, wait um, a second. So wait, are, you, are we moving on? Yep. Do you want to talk about challenge? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so challenge, the new biggest finalisation of the end of the year bonus structure for the challenge athletes. So basically they've got a point system. Uh, and they've got a challenge family European races, so it's for year and pre races only. Mm-hmm. Um, but the total worth is 140,000 euro. Top ranked male athlete and female each take home a bonus of 25,000. Second, 17, third, 13, fourth, 10k, and fifth, 5k. Nice work challenge. Yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, they've yeah. got they've got to have think of some different ways to try to incentivise athletes to do more than just challenge rote and to do several of their races. Realistically, a lot of the time they are going to be pitching at the sort of second tier athletes, I think, because you know a lot of the pros are just going to be focusing on Kona and doing one other Ironman to validate somewhere, 
and then they'll pick and choose their other races. So they might be able to pick up enough um, of their half races, but it's going to be a real challenge for it's going to be a real challenge for challenge yeah. to get those top pros. But this is a good innovation, isn't it? Brett Chan, do you want to read his one? Yes, Brett Chan even. Okay. He he pumped uh, something we didn't know last week was uh, Brent McMahon, who went eight hours and fifty seven seconds, finishing second at Ironman Arizona behind Lionel Sanders, who was only a couple of minutes behind. He got a flat tire on the bike. Oh, bugger. And that sort of ruined his little bit of a streak because he has gone under eight hours in uh, three of his first four Ironmans. Wow. And, uh, well, he's d- saying, d- I think. So well, he, d- he didn't go, obviously didn't go sub eight in Kona, but in his first couple he definitely did, and he only missed out by 57 seconds on this occasion with having a flat tyre. So that's pretty impressive by um, by Brett McMahon. The other thing that I forgot to mention last week. Brett's the guy who struggles a bit with the swim, isn't he? No. Oh, so Lionel Sanders. Oh, that one. Okay. Sarah Haskins, who I mentioned the week before the race, and I said she's either going to smoke it or bomb out. She did actually bomb out and didn't finish. Well, you got you got it fifty percent right. I did. <laughs> you kind of covered both bases. She, you didn't say she couldn't have an average day. I did not. No, you kind of okay. So my she, parents, she was leading early on though. My parents sent through a really good interview, uh, interview email, and basically the legacy program. So what's happening with the legacy program is WTC have a bit of a problem in that it's almost too popular, mm-hmm. um, and so the the. You know, so basically, first year everybody got in, everybody that applied, because you know, was it everyone? Pretty much, no, no, it was everyone. Okay, in the first year, everyone got in, and uh, there was a hundred slots, and you see, basically, had a hundred people that applied, had done their twelve Ironmans over the last however many years, and they were they were active. The second year. Um, it's certainly a few people missed out. I think it was it was close to being full. What they're really saying from this year and every year from here on, it's going to be full. And you'll basically be going on a waiting list. So the problem is, is, is the way it's structured to be on the waiting list. You've got to stay active. You, you pretty much have to do two years of Ironman to get there. You, just, you know, you've got to keep going. You can't stop. Yeah. Because you'll go on that list of 100 or wherever you are on the list. And each year, the top 100 will go into the race. And then you'll move up the list. So it's not a lottery. It is preferential order. But you're going to have to stay active. So... So here's the eligibility. So let's say you, you've done your 12 and you really want to do the world champs. So well, first of all, you have to have done a completed a minimum of 12 iron for all full distance Ironman races, including past and existing events by December 31st of that year. The athlete has to have never participated in the world championships before. So if you've done Kona, you're out. Athletes must have completed at least one full distance Ironman event in 2014 and 15. So is that leading for next year's or is that was... So that's for... Um no, this this is if you're applying for next year's race. So you should have done. So you have to do two years of Ironman. So you have to do 2014, 2015, and you've got to be registered for one in 2016. So you've actually got to do two years before mm. you even get to, to enter. Mm. Wow, that's a lot. Of, that's asking a lot, isn't mm. it? And then you have to also do another full distance Ironman race the year of the Kona year. Yeah. So you got to just keep handing over the cash. Well, you know, if you've done 12, you're probably <laughs> committed to handing over cash to WTC. Yeah. But at the same time, what happened to those slots that they lost with the lottery? The other lottery? Because this is legacy, they'll, not they'll lottery. Just, they'll just go to... We'll wait and see. I don't have the answer. Because in some ways you kind of think, well, why don't we up this a little bit with some of those? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like 100, it's obviously, it's, it's a hard one for them because you can kind of understand... Because I know um, when they introduced the 12 legacy kind of program, like, oh, I knew he'd done like two I mean, he said, I'm, mm. I'm going to knock out 10. I'm going to try Absolutely. to do it in two years. Peop- Lots of people are doing it. Yeah. And so the, it's, it's, can you blame them? Well, no, it's, it's obviously, you know, you create rules, people are going to work around the rules. But it, it, yeah, it's a bit of a problem, isn't it? It is a bit of a problem. And so the discussion of the week this week is going to be, 
are you cynical about the legacy program or you do, do you think WT's heart is in the right place in terms of rewarding loyalty and rewarding those people that have been going at it for years and years? Or Well, maybe the discussion is, because I think the heart is in the right place. You know, I'm going to discuss my, <laughs> my views next week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, me and Jane were tied on Saturday. Um, but, but probably more importantly is, um, is the criteria unfair? Because to me, having to do two years of Ironman before you get your chance to do it is unfair. Once you've done 12. Yeah, but let's say you've done 12 in the 90s and the early 2000s. Mm. And you think, oh shit, I wouldn't mind getting back into Ironman. And, and you think to yourself, okay, well, you know, like, look at me. I gave up Ironman in 2007 and I, maybe I'd, I've done Kona, but let's say at that time and I thought, shit, I did 12. They wouldn't swear because they're nice people who do Ironman. Uh, debatable. <laughs> <laughs> debatable. <laughs> so I go, yeah, I go, shit, I've done 12. <laughs> And uh, and then I think to myself, oh, oh, I really would love to do Kona. Now, if, if they were to say you've got to do one this year to, to, to kind of show. Don't have a problem with that. And, yep. then, and then next year you've got to do one the year of the race you're doing. Cool. But then if I had to go, I've got to do it for two years. And another year. So it's basically going to be three years before I get to Kona. And then you might not even get there that year. And then you might, because, and, yeah. and then if you don't do one the next year, you probably, then you drop off the list. And you go back to doing another two. So, is so it, it doesn't actually reward those people who have been in the sport in the past. No. It actually only rewards people who are playing the game right now. Exactly. Yeah. So, so maybe the discussion is is the heart in the right place? Okay. I need to write this down. Bloody hell. I was on your computer. I'm screwed. Yeah. <laughs> so, heart in the right place? Yes. Have they, what's the fairest way of doing this? Mm hmm. Anything else? No, that's fine. Do they swear? Yeah, do, <laughs> do, they do you swear? Do you swear? Some people don't, John. I'm a horrific swearer. Yeah. I really am. Like, like the F word comes out of my mouth all the time. Okay. We're going to have to have a pause because I've got to get online. Wait, what's, what's wrong now? Well, I've got to be able to get on Facebook for discussion of the week. No, because I didn't put it up. Oh, I did. Yeah. Oh, did you? Gotcha. Okay. okay, I'll put Mr. it up. Mr. Lazy Pants. Just, well, it was in Taipei. Oh. I've been working 24 hours. Oh. Oh. Taipei, Queenstown. <laughs> you do anything? I was in Wellington last night. No. I've, I've been to Sweden. Yeah, I've Facebook been to LA. Yeah, the Rose. Love the Rose. I was in New Zealand, Taipei, Queenstown. It's a high life for me. Okay, oh. Facebook. Yeah, it's okay for you over on there on my awesome performing. Uh, debatable. Debatable. <laughs> you got chat open. Why do you have chat open? Oh, I don't know. That's you download uh, and keep downloading all this crap. Uh, okay, discussion. Anyway, I'll just read them out. You only got thirty-one comments. What's oh, see, there you go. I thought it was going to be a crap one. There you so, go. So the, okay, discussion. I think was what was the hardest race that you have done in the world and why? Put uh, note. <laughs> see, this is the difference between John and I. <laughs> I'm just like, hey, what's the biggest discussion? John said, only one. Yes. <laughs> Uh, anybody put two you put two not you're not reading okay uh, Melissa Uri has got challenge Wanaka fall in 2011 woke up in the middle of the night to the sound of howling wind that only increased during the race the reporter wins of 50 k's per hour and this made this one very choppy to say the least the bike was only one lap, lap back in those days and the last 70 k's was into a brutal and sometimes crosswind to the point where I would move into the middle of the road to take a drink for fear of being blown off my bike into the bushes the run was the most spectacular I've ever done and despite being the hardest race I've done outside of Ultraman, it's one of my proudest finishes of all time. Challenge Wanaka is a great course. It is a great course, and if those ones pick up, it's a tough day. Um, James Thomas, he said, I'm in Wales, hilly swim, hilly bike, hilly run. Uh, awesome. No, yeah. I'm in Wales looks awesome. Love it. Swanee Noah, Swanee Noah, I, I, was in, I went and saw the, um, the Weta, Weta workshops and the, the war thing. And mm -hmm. Have you seen that? No. Oh, Take your kids. I man. heard Swanee on the radio yesterday or the day before. He's on the talk, radio. Talk back. I've heard him a couple of times now. What, on Radio Sport? Yeah. What is he, a caller or is he an expert? Yeah, no, he's a caller. Oh. Hi. 
first time no, well, no he doesn't say a first time caller what was, he, what was his point oh one time he was talking about stadiums in america and all these great stadiums but they, they, they make that city's going to death yesterday it was yesterday or the day before he was uh he was complaining about look, look this instead of criticizing the australian cricketers or saying let's they're just douchebags you know? yeah um what, what's his name the one with the mustache Ma- warner warner Let's not criticise Baby. He's just a dork or something like that. He is Sorry a if I got but it The problem wrong, is he's Swanee. such a great player. Yeah. Well, Swanee texted me and said, am I in Wellington? I was, but it was only out there for five hours, Swanee. Swanee, in terms of physical toll on the body after such a short time, then having to run he uh, the downhill leg in the Takeda Akaroa relay, which is basically 4K downhill legs, were worse than any marathon. Absolutely. So you have this short little flat period. It's an eight so which man, legs that? It's an eight-man relay, and this one starts at the top of a hill, this leg that Swanee's that talking not? about. No, uh, Top, okay, and you have. I haven't actually done the leg before. You run along a little bit and then boom, <laughs> straight Down. downhills. It's basically a downhill running race, and then you tag the last person for the final leg. That would be a killer. Hence, I have not done it yet. You want to go next? You figured out Facebook, uh, mate. Well yeah, done. Rob Harper, long distance duathlon worlds in Belgium in 2008, 20k run, 80k bike, 10k run. The second run was awful, worse than an Ironman marathon. Duathlon is brutal. I've said that before. Nicholas Sweetman's got a long course world champs in Nice, started the swim. Only to get thrown back to shore by a wave, 30Ks and then 20K on the bike, and then run with humidity. Uh, humidity, sorry. But it was really stunning. Olivier Ballet, uh, Ultra Trail Mont Blanc. Sorry, but Ironman is nothing compared to sleep deprivation and almost 28 hours of racing. Also, ended up limping in the last 40K with an injury that took six months to heal. My thighs had shrunk because my body started to eat my muscles. Well, I have to say, Rob Davison kind of Davison kind of wins it. He's got Dickerman, Ironman. Speaks for itself. Kind of true. If you've done Dickerman, yes, yes. Oh, well, short no, stuff, obviously not. No, it is. They're all different sorts of hardness. Yeah, um, yeah. Jeff, <laughs> it up. Uh, Jeff Oliver. Caludra short course triathlon as part of a weight loss program. 200 meter swim, doggy paddle, 5k on the mountain bike, and 2k run. I slept two days after that. Ben nice. Sowers got an interesting point. He did park run <laughs> January 1st, 2014. Park runs the, the local kind yes. of 5K run that they have lots of parks around the world. Um, the Marathon Boy Talks started that. Did they? I think they, they actually started. I think Tom actually started it. Nice. Which, and they've done really well, so oh, it's pretty fantastic. cool stuff. Um, but mother of all hangovers, uh, but a clear dry day meant a PB potential. Going long is so much easier than going fast. I'm going to do a quick, few quick ones. Jennifer Moore, Ironman Lake Tahoe 2013 is when they had the snow, the freezing temperature on the bike, and don't forget the altitude. Rest in peace for that race. Uh, Travis Tremaine says a North Face 100 in Katoomba, Australia. Good old Arnold Sulikov, Zoffingen. That is a tough race. Uh, 1996, it used to be a 12.5k run, 150k bike, 32k run with a lot of hills. Okay, I'm just going to do because I was with Porno last night. Sean Barnes. You know that porno. Uh, three peaks, bike road race in Victoria, Australia, 5,300 meters of vertical over 230 k's over two ski fields, pouring rain for two and a half hour climb in thick fog, blazing heat all one day. It was amazeballs. There's a few other ultras on here, and long distance running is crazy hard. Caleb Guest said the Exterior World Championships. Uh, Gareth Ellis said Kelt Man, and Gary Wilson said the Isle of Man TT. 
iron distance. And then finally, Murray the Holy Hammer Lapworth said the world 70.3 champs in Vegas, uh, I think it was back in 2013, was ridiculously hot because the course profile did not necessarily match what he had anticipated. And along with the heat of uh, into the 40s, 40s, made it a pretty tricky day at the office. John, what's yours? Um, Hardest race. Hmm. We've got a really hard race that used to be in Christchurch. It's an Olympic distance race at Corsia Bay. Swim in the swim in the in the sea, obviously. But then you'd have to run up really steep um, climb to get to your bike. So you'd be puffing and panting by the time you get to your bike. Straight into the bike, you've got to go up out of the car park into about a ten percent grade to get up on the main road. Hilly bike ride, and then you come back, and then the run used to be three laps of Cressy Terrace. So you basically had a little bit of flat, straight uphill, steep downhill, three times around. It was awesome. I don't think I've ever done a hard, hard race. Mm. I don't think I have. It's because I don't put them on anymore. Well, no, no, they like, do, but they're few and far between. Like it's kind of the thing: how hard do you go? So it's, mm. you know, it's a little bit of the effort. So I've had races where I've trained, raced hard, but I don't I, like. I, I thought the Rootburn Classic, which is a really awesome run, and you run up a mountain, mm. you run down, and that was kind of challenging. But I don't, I don't know if I've ever done like a, a race where it's like, oh my god, this is. I mean, this is death. Mm. So to be fair, I'm not quite sure if I have an answer for my mm. own personal experience. I think um, any try which has hills. hills on the run yeah. is t- tough. Once you start doing Olympic distance or over, your legs are just cooked. So anything with hills on the run I think is tough. Hills on the bike you can generally handle. Well, hills um, on the run we have to go fast, so hills are mm, short. Mm. You know, like a, like an Olympic distance, like mm. your race you were talking about. Mm. You know, Because like, the Ironman you just work through it. And you walk up it a bit. Yeah, you yeah. Kind of, you, you, it's all about men- kind of body management, energy management. Mm. Whereas if you're racing fast. In the Olympic you've got to push hard up and then you've really got to smoke it down. Yeah, so you know, the, just the pain you've got to put yourself through to kind of, if, and again, if you're competing, mm. to me that would be the case. And I haven't done a lot of Olympic racing, so to be honest... I need to have another little bit, John. You do. I am thinking about signing up, John. I think about signing up, although I haven't really talked too much about it, but the, do the um, Mototapu. Oh, yeah. Mm, I don't know how that is, but... Are you going to do the uh, triathlon? The Dixera? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Porno was saying, uh, getting back into swimming, I was like, <laughs> that thought never comes into my head. Well, we should, uh, we could do Triple T together. When's that? Over in America? Yeah. When's that? Uh, um, May? Not this year. Oh, maybe you just got to pick up your swimming. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna carry you through How the race. How far do you swim? Uh, well, you do a super sprint the first day, two Olympics on the second day, and a half on the third day. So oh, three point eight k in total. I could swim. When we do our when we do our camp. Yes. Well, in uh, one ten year anniversary, which I noted, you haven't actually uh, accepted the invitation yet. So we've got people. Put people like we put, put an event on Facebook, and people are signing up. Oh, and John, Bevan I've, has I've chosen got five thousand friends on Facebook. I like forty events a day. You focus on the good ones. Why don't you look at on, them? Get, get on there and you can accept it. Well, not now. Yeah. I'll, I'll actually, I'm on Facebook here. I'll do it for you. Are you on my Facebook? I will be. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, don't put any funny posts up on my Facebook yeah. page. Okay, so this week's discussion. <laughs> interesting photo. This week's Oops. discussion we've already talked about is the one around the legacy slot. So we'll do that soon. John, sponsor. Extreme Endurance. Oh, wait a second. Murray? I've done Murray's. Oh, okay. Sponsor. Extreme Endurance. Yes. Stumbled on the site yesterday and wondering what to talk Keep about. Talking. Other than the awesome products that we know that they have, is they've now got a fantastic range of apparel. When Bevan comes back, he is going to be loving it. So they've got a range of uh, new singlets. Um, they've got a range of new t- singlets for the girls, T-shirts for the guys, cool colours, cool designs. And then they've even got a camo hat, a couple of little sort of trucker hats. And one thing that I have not seen before is a drink bottle that you can open at the top and at the bottom. 
so you can keep it a hell of a lot cleaner. So check it all out, xendurance.com, and while you're there, obviously get all your products as per usual using the promo code IAMTALK10. Get yourself a discount with that and keep your muscles nice and fresh and not sore. Come on, Bevan. What are you doing? He's coming back. I've been talking about clothes. Oh, what are you doing? Talking about the new, new stuff on Extreme Endurance. Oh, you know what? I haven't even looked at it, John, but one thing I will say is Extreme Endurance have always done a pretty good job of their fashion. Yes. So did you bring your Rexy charger? My charger for the computer? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's yeah. getting low. That could be a problem. Um, yeah, so they always do, they have cool gear. They do. So when you get your, when you get your, your Extreme Endurance fix, mm-hmm. get a cool t-shirt and uh, get a singlet. Oh, the run one's nice. I knew you like it. Yeah. And even the light grey one with a bit of green there. Yeah. So we've got the camo hat. Mm-hmm. I actually like the black hat. That's actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bit of a trucker hat, John. And it meets your threshold for payment, $20 for T-shirts. Back it up. And even with the US currency, it still stays in my policy. Good. So there we go. Extreme endurance, guys. Check, check, check it out. Get a T-shirt. Be cool. Let's rock and roll. John, we're going to put an interview up. We're going to interview of who? With Shannon Kirick from HF. P man, we'll find out what that all stands for, but he is one of the guys behind the American Triple T, and we're going to find out all about it. Okay, rock and roll. Okay, as you guys have heard, today we're going to be hearing all about the Triple T, which I've talked about on the show plenty of times before, and it's an event that one day I want to get to. The guy that's the, the man behind that is Shannon Couric, and he's going to fill us in on where it all came and uh, how it's all turned out. So welcome along to the show, Shannon. Hey, thanks so much for having us. Uh, pleasure to be here. So we had, uh, you know, we've, we've, we'll go through the format and stuff of the race in a moment. But where did the the whole idea for for setting up the Triple T come from, and and when did you establish it? Well, actually, in 1995, uh, I was checking out uh, a pretty cool event that I was reading about in Triathlete Magazine called the French Iron Tour. Nice. And, uh, yeah, and it was a pro only event. I think it was about six days and I was out with our, but my buddy, uh, Mark lemon and on a training ride, we're like, man, that would be cool if we could do that. But somehow over a weekend and, uh, you know, with our, with amateurs. And, uh, so we came up with the Ohio iron tour and that actually happened the following year in 1996. And, um, w- how long did it? T- so it didn't take too long to get off the off the ground. Maybe tell us a bit about that first that first race. Well, the first race, uh, we were we attracted some uh, really cool athletes. Uh, and back in 1996, uh, uh, headlining the field was uh, Mr. Scott Tinley. Nice. Uh, d- so that was cool. He came there with Scott uh, Shoemaker and Marcel Vithian. Uh, both uh, are all three of them. Obviously, Scott Tinley, well known. Um, uh, Marcel and uh, Scott Shoemaker had pretty awesome resumes themselves. And uh, you know, we that first year uh, we had actually some pretty wacky events that uh, made up the the whole weekend. It's uh, certainly a much different event now, and there's a reason behind that. The venue's different as well, and the name is different. The name uh, was the Ohio Iron Tour, and we'd probably still be calling it that, but after the first year, um, I got a little certified letter in the mail. <laughs> We've uh, had one of those too, uh, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with the uh, 
the uh, Iron Man logo on it, and uh, that's never good. Yeah. So uh, we changed the name to the American Triple T, and uh, unfortunately, the venue that we used uh, was hosting uh, uh, a large uh, sheet metal union uh, uh, picnic the following year. So it actually moved it, and it and it really the the venue that it ultimately uh, ended up in uh, Shawnee State Park and Forest is is the absolute perfect spot for it. Uh, and so it all happened, uh, you know, really benefit everything that happened to it benefited the event. But that first year, the format had some crazy, you actually had to come with two bikes because there was a mountain bike nice. section in one of the triathlons. So the, the, uh, and there was also a, a bike start triathlon where everybody started at once. Uh, and we limited that first year to 150 participants. Yeah. So I got some incredible imagery of some of my buddies that were in the giant pack as we started that were right next to Scott Tinley and, and the, those other pros that joined us for that first inaugural event. And they just had the biggest smiles on their faces there riding down the road with those guys. Uh, uh, so, uh, yeah, and then we had a, a really wacky relay event in it where you had to uh, one of your three teammates had to swim. The second one had to do a 13-mile road ride. And then uh, everybody had to participate in a relay mountain bike section. And then everybody had to run back to the park, another 13-mile road run. That nice. was one event. Uh, nice. You know, what it morphed into uh, was more of standardized distance racing. But we still, to this day, have uh, some unique formats to the the American Triple T that make it not only uh, unique in the whole concept, but very challenging as well. So th that first race, um, you said you were going to limit it to 150. Did you get 150? Yeah, that was actually very easy. Sold that out. Uh, so we had 53-person teams. Fantastic. And it was back then, it was required that everybody, uh, I mean, there was only, that was the only option. There was no There was no solo divisions like we have now. So maybe tell us about the format that you've got it in now and how quickly you sort of came across that format. Well, um, the f you know, I think when we moved the event, um, there was, you know, it required us to possibly rethink how we were going to do this. One, we didn't have a mountain bike venue. Uh, two, we want to maybe make the event a little larger and maybe... Uh, make it a, a little bit more though it was a unique event no matter how you sliced it you know try to make it normalize it a little bit so more folks could uh, i guess maybe wrap their heads around it and see themselves doing it mm. and take some of the logistics away from it that might have been keeping people away from it like having to bring another bike etc mm. so uh you know one of the things that was really cool uh that we thought was very important was that open super sprint event kind of the prologue, so keeping the whole tour pot, you know, the, the whole, whole tour concept in it by having that short little race at the beginning where everybody kind of shakes their legs out a little bit mm. and you can see where everybody's at. Uh, and, you know, that's what we still do today. And that's a 250 meter swim followed by a six kilometer bike and a uh, about a uh, one mile run. Uh, and that, uh, is all within the uh, the main venue and features some really challenging uh, uh, climbing on the bike, even though it is only 6K. And uh, usually uh, 
you know, is really one of the coolest parts of a triathlon. We are this particular triathlon weekend is that you got all these people coming to this event. It's a Friday. You're racing Friday afternoon, which is, is a unique experience for most. When you look around, everybody is uniquely or her dress exactly the same, which we can go into that later, but yeah. that's an important aspect of this race. And then we start the event uh, based on seated uh, order. So uh, it's one of the things that uh, was required as this event grew uh, to eliminate congestion on the course and then ultimately became a really cool way of doing it that's really part of this race. And uh, so when you sign up for the event, you got to give your fastest half Ironman time. And that's uh, once we get everybody in the race, we sort it out based on the fastest half Ironman time down to the slowest. And that's how you're assigned your number. And that's also your start position all weekend. Yeah. Uh, so once you line up 500 people and we start them three at a time on the beach, everybody's tapered. At least they better be. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, they're all excited. It's Friday afternoon and they're doing this triathlon and it's just a sight to behold to see everybody lined up getting ready to do the super sprint. Uh, and, uh, you know, along with that, uh, uh, super short race, uh, it just sets the tone for the whole weekend because though it's a 18 to, you know, let's say maybe 25, 30 minute race, depending on your ability, it it shows some of the brutality of the terrain. It gives you a little taste before the main events start the next morning. Mm. T- tell us about day two and the format there, because I know that um, you have we have two Olympic distances, but they're not yep. uh, not quite standard. Right, right. So the first one uh, we start off with is 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 kind of your standard Olympic distance uh, event, uh, uh, other than the, the slightly longer run. Uh, once we get out there onto uh, uh, the famous Lamp Black Run Fire Road, we will use that course the entire, or that route the entire weekend. Even the Super Sprint, you get a little taste of it. Uh, but for the Olympic distance, we go the we go one lap of the, the half iron course, so we go 6.55 uh, for the finish of that. But the first Olympic race, Saturday morning, is your typical swim-bike run format. And starting again in that time trial order that you originally started in. So the first two events, the Super Sprint and the Olympic Distance AM race, are completely individual events. Uh, So if you're on a two-person team, it's your two times uh, together. Mm -hmm. Uh, You are not allowed to work together. These are completely individual races. Then we give you about three hours rest, and you got to come back to the same venue. Except now we flip it up. We start you on the bike, then we send you to the water, and you finish on the run. And uh, though that may sound or sound fairly simple, it uh, after two races and and uh, on this particular terrain, it challenges the best of everybody that's ever been there. I mean, it really is a a strange format that seems to really challenge a lot of folks. Uh, the water uh, is extremely cold, so most folks opt to throw on a wetsuit, which after oh. doing a 40K hilly bike ride is not an easy thing to do. <laughs> so uh, so you'll see the veterans, 
So you'll see the veterans there that are completely prepared. They got their plastic bags. You know, they're, they're wiping themselves down. They can do it. You know, they can do it pretty quickly. We do have volunteers there that um, we allow to help them uh, zip up and finish the process. Uh, but what we'll see when they head over to the swim, it's a two-lap swim, is even these top guys. It just does something that's weird to their body. And, they're, and they got to come out of the water for that second lap and they're running around the beach. And you're just seeing guys that are just, that cannot believe the cramping that they're having already. <laughs> and, you know, they still got to get another swim in, another lap, and they still got to get that final 6.55 mile run. So uh, the, the, the challenge up to this point of the race, too, is if you're not familiar with really, really how hard that final day is going to be, the veterans know, uh, but if you've never done the event, you're putting maybe the same effort as maybe any other Olympic race you did the day during the AM race, and you maybe went complete hell bent for leather on that that super sprint because you were so jacked up from your taper. So now you're starting to pay, and you haven't even got to the real test, which is Sunday, the half iron. Uh, so it is a it's a sight to behold to see some of these these uh, athletes with the low numbers just struggling to get through that that swim and they, you know they still got a lot of racing left um, what, it must be a real um what, what, what do people do between the two between the two events on saturday do people often hit out for a little spin or are they just hanging out and socializing and um that second race do you, do you do that with your teammate or is it just again a combined time thing well then that's where the team concept comes in so race number three and four is where you now start with your lowest seated teammate. So if you're ranked number three and your teammates ranked number seven, the seven teammate moves up to start with the number three. Uh, so since on since the PM race, it's a it's a bike time trial start. Mm-hmm. So you get to go up and start with your teammate on the bike, and drafting is allowed among the teammates, not other teams or other solos, but amongst your teammates. Uh, and then the, re- the rules pertaining to the team the rest of the way, you got to start uh, and finish with your teammates. So it does no good after to go out there and drop them on the bike or, or leave them on the swim because your time is when uh, the la- that last number crosses the finish line. So it really is important to find a teammate that you hope is equally matched Mm-hmm. Or, or if you're going to work with someone, and you're having a bad day, you just hope you picked a guy that's that's willing to get you through that race, and not leave you, and have the patience to to pull you along, uh, because it just doesn't do you any good to drop you. Uh, but between the races, you know, it seems like possibly a good amount of time, a few hours, but you'll see the veterans that are that either don't leave the site, or. Uh, uh, another part, unique part of this race, most of the participants lodge on site. So there's uh, cabins uh, at the top of the, uh, of the hill just overlooking the staging area. It's a brutal bike ride up this half-mile climb, but that's what most people do. They don't, there's no parking down at the, the venue itself. So they'll, they'll ride up and uh, maybe take a nap in their cabin. Uh, or the folks that didn't get lucky enough to get on-site accommodations, uh, they they won't even leave, mm. uh, and they'll just hang out. 
one of the unique things, and you can see that in some of the imagery that we have on the AmericanTripleT.com website, is uh, the veterans immediately head after that AM race, uh, and they go sit in the ice-cold creek that feeds into the, uh, to the lake itself and uh, uh, ice down those lakes. One of, the, one of the key elements to recovery. Uh, and then quickly go from there to get get their position on the on one of the many massage tables. I guess it must be a pretty um, quite a nice sort of feel in terms of socially through the weekend because so often at races, you know, we go and race and um, you finish up and yeah, you might sit around for a little bit at the end, but then you'd kind of uh, bugger off or come back for prize giving whenever that might be. But you don't tend to mingle for, for long periods whereas this one you kind of you kind of out there all day and there's by the sound of it there's not really anywhere to go unless you're uh, unless you're sort of staying on site right absolutely well all part of the uh uniqueness of this event is something that as we talk about it um it's hard to describe what it is you have to be there to understand it mm. and some of the things that are maybe easier to understand is Every single person there in every bit of lodging that surrounds this venue is in the race. Mm. So that adds a, a unique in- intimacy that you generally don't get when you go to an event. You might, maybe if you stay at a host hotel, you'll get a decent amount of folks. But everywhere you go, and as you said, there's not a lot of places to go. You either go to the, the lodge, dining, or you go you know, hang out at your cabin. But everywhere you look, you're going to see somebody that's in the the event. And then the other thing that makes this unique, that until you're there and you're doing it, uh, and it sounds like maybe not that big a deal, but it it adds an element of intimacy and and this level of camaraderie that you you can't experience anywhere else. I don't care what anybody says. Mm. We require everybody to wear the official American Triple T uh, try top and you know when you just say that out loud it maybe it doesn't sound like a big deal but when you're there the imagery and, and the connection that the athletes have to each other is something that it just can't be replicated and when we talk to folks afterwards and you know it, it takes on you know what do they say misery loves company well suddenly everybody pretty quickly I don't care if you're a past Ironman champion or, or you're the weekend warrior there that's given this a stab, right away you know how hard this is going to be. From the, from the gun that takes off, when you take off in that super sprint and you're climbing up that miserable climb that's part of that, that 6K bike, you find out really quick, well, when you're jumping in that ice cold water without a wetsuit and that during for that 250 meter swim, it's quickly evident that this is going to be tough and then as the weekend rolls along you know the whole misery loves company definitely falls into place and when you're out there on lamp black run just suffering because it's all relative the guy that's gonna win the race that day is suffering just as the guy that's going to come across last it is not an easy race i don't care how what level you're at because the terrain is so tough, and the culmination of the events is so tough. Uh, uh, I do believe uh, when we were lucky enough to host uh, Gordo out there one year, uh, he said it was the toughest 
half Ironman he'd ever participated in his life, and we certainly know he's he's got a, a resume of of challenging events that he's he's put down. Uh, to know that uh, that speaks volumes for the American Triple T. Is there a, a few stinky people around on uh, day three still wearing their singlet that hasn't been washed? Well, you know what. Uh, the the funny thing is, we actually have that as a reminder uh, <laughs> in, in the rules to to definitely rinse that out, and it doesn't seem to be a bigger problem. And I think that so many people immediately when they finish, you know, they're down there in the creek, and uh, you know they're, they're they're getting cleaned off right away. Yeah. So that doesn't seem that, that's never seemed like a problem. And you know we in its in its early or it's it's mid to late May in Ohio, you know. We're not going to see really hot, humid weather, so mm. uh, it's it that tends to not be a problem. Not that they're not out there, you know, sweating and you know, you know, exerting themselves. Uh, you know, it's just something that it's easier maybe to to keep uh, yourself a little cleaner <laughs> when it's not when it's not just brutally hot out there. Uh, so, so. so, just in regards to the team, so you talked about the teams being a really important aspect of that. Um, do you have to race as a team? I mean, or can you do, do it as a solo, or do you have restrictions yeah. on how many people? How does that sort of work? Well, when it got started as Ohio Iron Tour, it was team only. Team being, there was some relay component to that original Iron Tour. But as the event evolved into the American Triple T, the, the team is a team. It's not a relay, meaning they're working together, but they're doing the whole thing. Uh, so it's always been super sprint race number one and AM Olympic is individual racing. You're going out there to go as fast as you can. Both teammates are trying to get that fast time because their times are added together. Uh, and they, and then when it comes to Olympic PM, uh, that's when you not only are working together, uh, that, or that's the first time the teams actually get to work together, and it's required that they're stayed, stay staying together the entire time. Um, uh, then you have the final event, the half iron, uh, which is uh, a brutal half iron distance triathlon, and you again start in that in your seated order that you've been going the whole time. Teams start in their highest seated order, and then they can draft off of each other on the bike. And they do have to stay together until they finish on the run. And then their their uh, team time is their time that they crossed together. Uh, but uh, over this is the 12th year for the American Triple T. And the event has really evolved into uh, more of a solo event. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it's nearing 65% of the field races as a solo. Uh, and, uh, you know, doesn't matter to us uh, either way, uh, but we'll always have a team co component to it just because that's how it started, and it adds a really unique uh, aspect uh, to this event. Uh, some people think it might make it easier because you can draft, but when you're responsible for another person or you are the become the weakest link on a given day, you know, that can be one of your hardest days of your racing life. So what do the, um, during the, the afternoon Olympic and the half Ironman for the individuals, are they just sort of seeded, um, they just go in their seating and just go off in uh, sort of time trial format? 
in that contract. Yeah, so your number one, you're the guy carrying the number one number or bib number. Uh, it could be a team person or it could be a solo. It completely mm-hmm. doesn't matter to us. When we assign the numbers, it's assigned because the first two events are based on uh, they're just individual races. Mm-hmm. So we so- assign the numbers based on that, what what time you have submitted to us as your half Ironman time. Uh, and the the field has been incredibly competitive Um every year i mean it definitely gets incredibly uh elite amateur and you know we don't discriminate we allow pros in the race uh with the only stipulation that if you're coming don't tell us you have to wear your another top (laughs) because your your uh contract says so because then you're going to be going home because we're not going to let you start. <laughs> so on the pro side of things, um, have you ever had prize money? And is, is that something that you've uh, ever tried to do or want to do? No, we've always done a, a creative uh, prize package uh, that consisted of a fairly large gift certificates, like uh, $1,500 gift certificates to uh, our local uh, tri-store or something like that. And so uh, teammates would be getting, uh, our team of two would be getting two fifteen hundred dollars gift certificates. And, and uh, you know, that's what it's always been about. Nice. Uh, pro- listing a, an actual official prize purse. And, and you, know, the, the, there's a, you know, there's something very pure about this event that, not that having pro athletes there take away because we've always had them. And mm. they're coming there because they've heard the great things about it. Um, you know that I mentioned earlier about, you know, we have a rule: you wear what we provide, or you don't race. Mm. And unfortunately, we learned that the hard way. One year, we had a pro show up. Uh, I can't recall his name, and in advance, he was emailing us. So I got this contract. I got to wear this, that, and the other. But we were, all, you know, kind of excited to have him. So we agreed to that. And oh my gosh, did we cr- we? Got so much grief for that because we had six or seven other pros there that were happy to wear it and follow the rule. Yeah, and uh, that was the one and only time we did that. And you know, there's absolutely no flexibility in that rule anymore. You either wear it or you don't race. You take it off during the race, we penalize you. You yeah. caught, you come across the finish line without it on. You know, you're going to have you know the, you're going to be penalized in a significant way. And and uh, we just don't. It's it, it is such a uh, an important aspect of it, uh, it's just never violated anymore. Yeah. Now, I might be wrong here, but when I was on the website, um, it seemed to me that the pricing was like 200 bucks for an individual. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, it's 200 bucks um, For the whole weekend? For the whole weekend. And if you, uh, you know, we've been around uh, as a company for 2016, HFE Racing will be 27th year. Uh, we also have promotions throughout the year for those for our hardcore customers that that know about our our specials that we do once once in a while, and you can actually get in for even less if you're a uh, savvy customer of ours. Goodness. But uh, yeah, that's that's the entry uh, level that it starts at two hundred bucks um, uh, for the whole weekend of racing, uh, economical lodging on site, and uh, along what that gets you is. Incredible racing, uh, along with uh, every single race, we, we serve them a meal. Uh, so these are all catered 
not by um, any uh, catering company. We have wonderful volunteers that come in and cook meals for them that include everything from uh, the first night uh, pasta to burrito, afternoon burritos, uh, a Mexican uh, fair uh, Saturday afternoon uh, to finishing up with, uh, uh, I do believe, a barbecue thing on uh, Sunday. Uh, it's an incredible spread. So Fantastic. I don't think you could find a, <laughs> a better value for your dollar anywhere, uh, anywhere probably uh, on this globe. No, I don't that, think so either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, so just in terms of where's the landscape for you at the moment? You know, we see, you know, Vine Man's recently just sold out to WTC. Um, we see a lot of other events sort of disappearing or, or struggling with numbers if they're not associated with WTC. Challenge have tried to make inroads into America. How are you guys doing and how have things sort of changed over the last sort of five to ten years as the whole scene in America is changing? Well, you know, you're interviewing someone that has very intimate knowledge about that because uh, mm. we, as the uh, uh, Iron Man brand expanded with the, when they uh, became the 70.3 brand and and they started acquiring folks and, uh, uh, and one way or another, uh, you know, they were going to get their market share. And uh, one of our main events actually was not in Ohio. It was in Wisconsin. And uh, we created uh, uh, the Spirit of Racine Triathlon that had an incredible list of uh, winners uh, over the years. Uh, Who do we have there? We had everybody from Luke uh, McKenzie, Craig Alexander, Miranda Carfrey ran the fastest time in the world when no one knew who she was. Uh, one year there, went to 414 before, I think it was the year she won uh, the 70.3 World Championships for the inaugural are one of the years that then she went like some crazy 407 time. Yeah. Uh, so it was one of these events that was absolutely grassroots, awesome event, 1,700 people. Uh, it was part of the Wisconsin uh, uh, fabric of, of, uh, of multi-sport events there. And, uh, uh, you know, it kind of got acquired by the mm. Iron Man folks, uh, you know, when in a situation that uh, uh, was part of their whole expansion, uh, uh, you know, I, I, without going into great details, uh, uh, it, you know, it worked out for us, but mm. it certainly wasn't the plan for that event. Mm. So in terms of numbers, though, you know, with the Triple T, are you, are you able to keep them where you, where you want to? Or yeah, I mean, there's an event that uh, we open up the last day um, uh, for for a hundred other people, uh, it really is like a bailout race for folks that end up realizing they're not ready for the triple T, mm. and also a spot for us to introduce uh, the whole concept uh, to the American triple T. So we so you'll see a, f a few folks if you see photos from the last day that aren't dressed like that, yeah. and you know they have strict instructions. They're out there after half hour after everybody else has started to be out there and make sure that they understand, you know, their guests on the, the, the American triple T course. And they're there to, you know, to encourage and cheer on these folks while they're racing too. Uh, you know, it's really important that they know that. Mm. And, uh, you know, so we, we hold our, this venue with the amount of lodging that is there and, and, and what we can uh, really, uh, we can take about 400 people in the American triple T, 
Mm. Uh, because if we allow 100 in that last day, 500 is definitely capacity. We're cycling on single lane fire roads. Mm. Um, and uh, even with our, in, our three at a time time trial start, it can be tight. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really, uh, if you would allow more people in the race, might lose some of the intimacy that uh, makes it so special. Uh, but uh, I will say we had, uh, you know, I think this is something that uh, is such a unique event. I think it's been able to hold its own for so long. Mm-hmm. The lodging sells out the day after the event. <laughs> so, uh, you, you know, the people that are, that are veterans that keep coming back and, uh, you know, there's a great video that we just put on from the 2015 event on the American triple website, uh, that really shows, uh, all the unique elements of this event. And, and really, uh, it shows the people dining together. It shows people out on the course together, struggling and, and getting through it and you know it's not the iron man uh, and you know we make that very clear i mean it is about the event and you're not going to finish with hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people cheering you on at the finish line because they're not there the people that are there are doing the event this is a very unique event in that way that uh, uh you know it's out in the middle of nowhere and it's people that truly love the sport, and they get it. They come there. They don't need 2,800 people to do a half Ironman. Mm. You know, they, they don't need that. They, they, are, they are there to truly challenge themselves and be part of something really special, something that, you know, I've, I've been racing. I've been a race director almost as long as I've been racing. I started this company when I was a sophomore at Ohio State, dropped out. Uh, w- with no clue what I was doing, and I just wanted to to put on some races uh, as I tried to pursue a, um, uh, a pro a pro triathlon racing myself. And uh, you know, I I just probably wasn't good enough to do the one, and didn't know what I was doing with the other. Mm. Uh, but uh, you know, it was a pure sport 25 years ago, and it was uh, you know, it, it there was there was something about it that made it very special and. It's certainly, uh, I'm not saying it's a, a negative thing with these uh, monster brands out there and big, big races. It all feeds back to uh, us, you know, events that we produce, hmm. and that's fine. But uh, uh, if you want to be part of something special, something that really is what triathlon started out to be and uh, an experience that uh, is a takeaway that you just can't get anywhere else. The American Triple T is definitely the event that, that uh, has cap, uh, you know, that really still does that, uh, uh, and you know, we're very proud of that. Oh, awesome! It's on my uh, it's on my hit list to do at some stage in the next few years before I turn into a decrepit old uh, crony. <laughs> so uh, it's it's on the list. Just in terms of location, obviously, um, Americans and stuff will know maybe the geography a little bit better. But uh, Ohio, um, whereabouts you sort of where, where do people sort of fly into and logistics and stuff? Yeah, it's a really easy event to get to no matter where you're at. Our uh, Central Ohio uh, Visitors Bureau will brag that they're within 500 miles of uh, a good percentage of all the U.S. population. Uh, but, you know, we're only – actually, uh, we had an event we supported uh, uh, in Washington, D.C. this weekend. We were only 
a six and a half hour drive away from Washington, D.C. So easy to fly into Columbus International Airport. Uh, You know, we're we're less we're about six and a half hours away from Chicago. Mm. So it's it's pretty easy to get to. And uh, that is if you're flying into uh, uh, Columbus, you still got a two and a half hour drive to get to where we're at. I mentioned earlier that it is out in the middle of nowhere, uh, which is part of the uh, uh, what what makes it unique. Uh, you're going to be on bike courses where you're not going to see see anybody. Uh, you'll you'll likely uh, uh, you know see more uh, wildlife than you'd see human beings on the course. <laughs> uh, and we have had black bear sightings on the. Uh, this is part of the uh, the American Triple T lore. We've had. Uh, encounters with uh, large rattlesnakes on the course, uh, black bears, wild turkeys, um, uh, to name a few. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, I don't know how true. It, uh, we actually have a great story of uh, uh, two girls that were competing in the last day. Teammates running along uh, encountered a rattlesnake that uh, wasn't too happy, and uh, it reared up. And it was they were just this this course that it's on is uh, a dirt gravel road and it's only maybe six or eight feet wide in some section and and they just were kind of uh you know they were frozen they they were terrified and uh one of uh, some uh, one of the a uh, couple young men came down to come to their rescue and they they jumped in the off the off the trail and grabbed a big stick and and shoot it away uh, so, nice. <laughs> yeah, very good. Oh no, we we love what you do there. I mean, as I said, I want to get over there and do it at some stage, and we hear lots of good feedback. So, keep up the good work. And um, if people want to check it out, they can just uh, search for American Triple T. Any any other plans to do anything different over the coming years? No, you know, uh, it, it's our signature event. We love it. We put our heart and soul into it, and uh, it. Uh, uh, you know, we come home from that. We feel like the uh, literally the life has been sucked out of us. It, we just pour ourselves into it. But two days later, you know, we're we're, we're super excited and we're getting uh, crazy complimentary emails to us, and we know it's all worth it. And we were going to continue to put that kind of effort into it. And uh, uh, proud that uh, you know this event's twelve years old. It's certainly well known, and uh, you know, no one's tried to replicate it because they know how hard it is to do mm. um there's uh and you know we're going to keep doing it at our level and and hope that athletes uh continue to come out and, and see what makes the american triple t special fantastic guys so now you know everything you need to know about the american triple t thanks so much for your time shannon hey thanks for having us and we are back we've actually pre-recorded that after the show so we don't actually know what happened but john but let's talk about athletes right now and they've got the Triple T up there from last year on Athlinks. And the reason why I thought that'd be kind of cool is you can actually go in there and see what people have sort of done in their past performances. So Scott Bowe last year, he took out the the prologue, sort of the little sprint race. And then you can go onto Scott's profile and you can sort of see how their Ironman times actually compare to what they did in Triple T. So um, I, I looked through a number of these yesterday and it seemed that Despite it being an iron distance weekend, um, the times are usually pretty comparable to what they'd actually do for an in Ironman. a standalone Ironman. So what, you mean the combined the times that equals the Ironman time? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, um, and maybe that's because it's a pretty challenging course from what we've heard. And also maybe sometimes you're waiting for, um, for teammates and stuff like that. 
Like I'd have to sit around waiting. I'd, I'd sit, <laughs> Here we go. I could have a coffee. <laughs> Do you know what? You probably would, John. I'm not. I'm the half the athlete I used to be. I'm. I'm thinking about doing some running, and a four minute K to me right now is hard work. <laughs> like it's I'm really not what I used to be. Scott Bow, on his uh, Athlinks page, Ironman PB, nine hours and one second. Oh no. <laughs> I thought I had it bad. Oh, oh that hurts. It would. That hurts. Two se- Like the what ifs around that. I had a lot of what ifs around five minutes. Yeah. What ifs around two seconds. Oh, you poor bugger. <laughs> like, no, and the problem is nine hours is such a great time. Yes. But it has that oh, factor to it. It does. Oh. So that's a cool thing. If you want to check out um, more about the Triple T and seeing what sort of athletes are there, obviously you can go to the page on, you know, the results page on Triple T, but if you actually go onto Athlinks, you can actually start scrolling through and actually see, okay, that guy did total time of 11 hours at um, yeah. Triple T and he, elsewhere he's done 10 hours. So you can kind of get a feel for what, what the standard of athletes are, are like. So check it all out, athlinks.com. Do you know what I just did? What did you do? I gave someone on Athletics a cheer for you. Oh, did you? From you, yep. Oh, nice. Good old uh, Adam, Jason Adams. He did a triple T. I just gave him a cheer. <laughs> from John Newsom <laughs> was cheering you. So you can do that on Athletics as well. It's all, it's all with your team. Athletics.com. I'm sure he loves it. He probably listens to the show. But he does. Because, oh, John Newsom, he's a rock star. So, so I'm like, just met bloody. Who's a real good rock star? Robbie Williams. Robbie Williams, yep, there you go. I'll give you one. Okay, John. Website of the week. This is a good one. Adam Turner sent it three. Said, John, I saw this and I thought of John. Not sure if you have seen or shared this one, but it's a good one for international audience who don't believe how bad the magpies are in Australia and New Zealand. Now, we can't, it's not going to be a good one to show, is it? It's not, but what I'm going to say is I think the Aussies got worse magpies than us. It's, really? Because I've had, I've had some pretty bad ones. But so this this YouTube clip, it's definitely go and check it out. So she's a, a girl riding along a bike. Firstly, the most concerning thing for me about this whole clip is she's got it like a, a skateboarding helmet on, and it's not securely fastened. <laughs> it's just hanging <laughs> like about and then he state John ten <laughs> centimeters below her chin. I'm like, if that magpie hits you really hard, that helmet is going well, somewhere. There's cars behind her as well. Oh. So basically, what it is is some kind of radio station in Australia, and they've also got a DJ to go ride and just do laps with these magpies, keep a deck, and it just mm. keep and they. Keep trying to torment the magpie more, so they put eyes on the... No, no, it's not tormenting, it's testing theories as to how you can stop magpies attacking you. So the first theory she used is she had some sticks coming out of the back of her helmet, and they were proper sticks with sort of... That worked okay, didn't it? That worked absolutely fine. Some people put zip ties on the back of their helmets, and and that doesn't seem to work. I have tried that one, and uh, you still get... So would you have sticks in your helmet? I have not, Uh -uh. but it seemed to really work. The magpie was coming in, it was coming in, it was sort of swooping, and it was coming real close, but but it it did not contact. The second myth which has been proven in this highly successful experiment, was if you put eyes on the back of your helmet, sometimes they, that, that people think, <laughs> that scares them off. I think it's an animal. <laughs> Sadly, in this case, did not work. <laughs> she gets she got mung- She's got mutilated. <laughs> it's just, this magpie just came at her, and they, the, the magpie comes in and makes contact with your helmet while you're biking along, and it because just it kept going. You. And the worst thing is, is when you're riding your bike team, like if you're out there riding your bike right now, you're not really thinking about what's happening above your head. You know, you're, you're in your little world, your legs are turning over, you're listening to Bev and John yeah. when you're out there on your right. And, and you know, you, the last thing you expect is something to hit your head and the magpie just bang on your head. Oh. It scares the living daylights out of you. Yeah. 
It's not like oh. you can, it's not like a dog running at you from the side. That scares the crap out of you as well. No, but you can see the dog coming. You can see the dog coming usually. You're in Never Neverland. Magpie, you can sometimes hear them coming, but sometimes they just catch you off guard and it just gives you the craps. Oh, so so if you want to see what us Kiwis and Australians have to go through, hmm. it's hard being in this part of the world. It is. You know, sure, other parts of the world have bigger problems. Yeah. But magpies for us are is where it's at. So Adam the King Turner sent through this, and, and uh, he's, he's, although he says, I don't really like being referred to as the king. Oh, yeah, okay. man. If you're the king, own it. Yeah, the king's battles. So, um, so I'll, I'll put it on our show notes. Check it out. It's, it's hilarious. Jumbo, I'm gonna give you five minutes to do your rant. It's gonna be a quick one. I'll, I'll keep it. You can, you can keep me on task. Uh, I got an article sent through to me. It was um outside online, which is outside magazine, saying rest in peace, Vine Man, tw- 1990 to 2015. Um, and my point was with this race here. So, well, 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 give, give me an update. So Vine Man is a fantastic race, but it has been going for 25 years. Uh, iron distance race, by all accounts, well organised and a scenic part of America. Great organised, really. And, and, and like we, we knew the guys who we've met the guys who organised the race. Love the sport, hard in the right place. Yeah, trying to do a great job. Used to be really popular. Slowly started to have a little bit of a demise over the last few years with less and less participants taking taking part. I get that. There's more Olympic. There's more Ironman races on in America now. There's more choice, um, and sometimes people like to just go for the razzle dazzle of, of all the of, of Ironman races. What I've got a problem with is, is what's, what's going to happen with this race now? They've been taken over with, by Ironman, and so next year. Entry fees will be doubling, no doubt, if not tripling. Yep. And all of a sudden, they'll probably sell out or have ridiculous numbers in there. And I, I don't know, it just does my head in a bit when just because it's got Let a it different... Let it out, Let it out. It's just because it's got a different brand on it. It's the same event. It really is, isn't it? That's the, that's the irony of it. Like, okay, it might be a bit sharper because it's got a bit more money behind a it. A little bit. You know, they've got the backing same in course. the system. So I'm sure, you know, like, again, Vitamin, from what we know, have done a pretty great job. You bring big money, it's going to be another class, but that much more in price class mm. and at the end they're still racing on the same course and the same thing will happen in Weymouth in UK so I'm not just criticising Americans Weymouth was a challenge race and they got reasonable numbers and it was from by all accounts a, a well run race but next year it's going to be Ironman guarantee they're going to have significantly more entrance just because it's got the M dot. just does my head in I'm not, I'm not going to rant and go, this is a great article though, check it out. I'm okay, well we'll read what John's put in the show notes here, he's got the sport is going to become the sport, it's just too expensive. That, that is a big concern for me, because I get it, your pinnacle race, you may be going to an Ironman, you want to have you know, the, yeah. the, the, the full bells and whistles. Yeah. You'll pay you that but, premium price. But the way we're going now is every race is going to be so ridiculously expensive, all the small races are just going to disappear. Escape from Alcatraz, 750 bucks to do it now. Yeah, they put up 67 um, cent or something. And... All I'm saying is, if you if everybody just keeps ignoring, you know, just going and doing a triathlon for going out okay, there and John, doing it. But is it purely like it just Steve Gurney was on Radio Sport on the weekend, and he was saying that, you know, he's written a book on entry level kind of endurance sport. But he was saying at the same time he's he's getting frustrated with you know bloody nanny state and we all these mm-hmm. kind of rules and regulations around when kids can't fall out of trees now and you know like we, we we're cotton balling ourselves away. But in some ways. That puts up the price. So is it greed or is it that events are actually becoming way more expensive? Events are becoming way more expensive to to organise. So absolutely. You know, if you want like if I want to put on an event, even if it's a basic event, I've got to have four grand before you even start, just yep. just to cover your management costs yep. and things like that. But it seems to me that everybody when they go to races, they've got to have everything. They've got to have an amazing race pack, they've got to have 
Everything so the expectations going, from the participants are higher as well? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so it's, it's a and bit of a two-way horse? It, yep, it is. And two-way horse? A two-way <laughs> horse. But like with Alcatraz, you know, part of the reason why Alcatraz is so expensive, you know, they've got to do all this marketing yeah. and just got to pump it out. And so they have to get thousands of entries. I'd just like to see a few more old-school races coming back where you're just going out there. But they're not supported, are they? And that's what, yeah. So this article here has got some good little kind of text here. It's got, just like we've lost the true meaning of Christmas and a mad quest to put the retailers in the black, we've lost the true meaning of triathlon and the pursuit of the Kona qualification end up branding and the willingness to pay a hitman salary to make an old-timey criminals swim across San Francisco Bay. The issue here of creating a sports composed solely of elitist athletes hell-bent on chasing a logo that friends and family and strangers on social media will immediately recognise comes when we refuse to race other events for vanity reasons. I can't count the number of times friends who completed an independent 70 of 140.6 mile triathlon then lamented that they couldn't call themselves an Ironman even uh, though they have done the same exact thing other than that Ironman has. So stop being so pretentious. You're an Ironman if you've covered the distance and there are plenty of non-Ironman branded races worth singing up for. So giving a non-branded race a go and enjoy the peace and solitude of racing without worrying about avoiding drafting, forcing yourself to push the pace where there are not thousands of athletes around you and help to ensure the future of entry-level races. I'm looking. For, I'm doing lots of entry-level races this season. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, you'll probably win them too. <clears throat> Did Mike Phillips win the Queensland Half? Don't know. I know he was down there running. I think he won it. Yeah, quite possible. Yeah. He's going well. I think he won it. Yep. He'll, he'll be on the start line this weekend at the House of Travel Triathlon Festival. He's a, He's a good boy. He doesn't need to play tattoo. <laughs> That's uh, right. Okay, there you go. So team, do your Ironman, but do some racing. Get exactly. amongst it. Support the small guys, because I'll disappear our voice team. They will. You know, disappear. We've just got one patron this week, Bevan. And it is? You've got to come up with a name. Oh, really? Oh, thanks. Anthony Kimarelli. Kimarelli. Anthony Anthony, the Camaro, Camilla Rally. Okay. Camaro is a fast car, isn't it? Camaro? I, it I, is. I hope so. Yeah, I think it is. Camaro's always pretty cool, weren't they? Yeah. Anthony, good. the Camaro. So he's boom. Perfect. Speeds past you. Bevan, any exciting goss for you? Well, we're going to have to, we'll have to come back to this. Okay. We'll have to do a short interview because we've got to go right now. So we'll come back for the goss. Okay, John sponsors. Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. And our fantastic patrons. So it's pretty windy out there, isn't it? Christmas decorations in the corner, I see. Got a Christmas tree. Joe bought a new Christmas tree. Oh, cray cray. <laughs> Whoa. You've just gone to another level. Cray cray. Cray cray. Here's the guy who hates my bad. Yeah. But cray cray is okay. Cray cray. Kids, you, your kids are going cray cray. Cray cray. Uh, Gotta say, we had a few concerned listeners uh, that are still concerned about you wearing your G string. Had a few complaints in this week, um, and they find it quite disturbing. I actually got a few emails of excitement. Mm. It was a different feeling than I got yeah. from emails. And there was thousands. I was just sick of them. I was uh. like, stop with these trying to see me in my G string. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm amazed you're still thinking about me in my G string. It's not. I'll tell you something else, Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> What's your goss? Uh, my goss is it's all about triathlon week this week. Getting ready for the house travel triathlon really, festival. You're on top of everything? No stress? Getting get there. Packed all the prizes up last night. Nice. Got the that's kids a, on it? That's a tricky prize. Getting prizes to get is a nightmare. If you've got thousands of sponsors, it's great. But it's a challenge. Other than that, Bevan, uh, back on the bike. Going out for a windy bike ride straight after this. It's blowing a pretty decent pretty wind out there. Pretty warm. Yep, always there. And... Looking forward to getting this week out of the way and getting my exams done, and then I can relax for Christmas. Oh, your exams? When's that? Mm. Six and seven. How long? They're only an hour fifteen. It's t- is that enough? 
it's not really. I mean, you're testing your half a year's work in an hour and 15. It's like, far out. What, 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 well, how much of it's about proving that you can go fast or proving you know something? I know. You know, like, you know, like, well, a, just give us a bit more time yeah, exactly. and then you finish when you're finished. Yeah. Like, you know, like, you just want to show you know the knowledge. Yeah. And why does it need to be a race? Frustrating. John, if I was the education minister, yeah. I would make changes to this. Oh, yeah. Voted for the flag. Got my voting papers. <laughs> voted. Shared shared my thoughts again on Facebook. <laughs> she pointed out when I saw this. And I was, John goes, he wants to keep the flag as it is. Because his <laughs> grandfather fought for that flag. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't get me started. Yeah. You're, uh, you're, you're not keen on keeping the old flag, John? No. Why not? Which flag did you go for? I went for the blue and red one with the little stars, with the stars. So the oh, so you didn't even go for the the peaked one that was really popular. No, why not? No, it it didn't. It, initially, it was sort of doing a bit for me, but then when I actually saw it flying, I was like, mm, that doesn't look that good. My only problem with that one is going long ways is not so good. I do think going that way, going horizontal, great podcasting. Yeah, using horizontal. Your hands. <laughs> but whereas going portrait is not so good. Right. But yeah, I haven't voted yet. I'm not going to I might, vote. I might steal your voting papers <laughs> when I leave. I'm going to go check your letterbox, steal yours and Joe's, and I'll just put my vote on there. Get my way. The rest of you, if you're not voting... You're really passionate about this one, aren't you? I am quite passionate about <laughs> yeah, it. I can tell. Anyway. Hey, what's your response on Facebook? Been, been like? Oh, it's the second time I've shared it, so there's probably not a lot of response <laughs> yes. this time. Will you be angry at me if I don't vote? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. What if I vote for the Coro? Because I really love the Coro. It's your choice. <laughs> Might be the wrong choice, but it's your choice. What about the, the one that was like a wheat box? Do you like yeah. that one? No, no. I didn't actually vote for that one. I didn't even rank it. Oh, you didn't even rank it. Mm. Anyway, we're going to go do an interview. Bevan, what do you got to gossip about? Queenstown Marathon you've talked about. <laughs> you, went, you went to something last night. Went to Chris Cornell. Yeah, went to Chris Cornell. Apparently it was good. Yep, he spent, was amazing. Spent, if he ever comes to you wherever you are in the world, he's, it's a real intimate concert. It's a sit-down kind of experience, but it's just him and his acoustic. The boy can sing, man. And nobody can call me the cheapest person in the room anymore because Bevan spent 30 bucks in one one night in Wellington even ran to the airport I have not done that one yet yeah Running come on airport. that Porno, takes well, cheapness to a whole saying, new level John it was a really cheap trip because Porno's got the Coro Club so two of our feeds were made then we met some guy at the airport who gave us a free ride into town mm. we went to Tapapa guys if you're ever in Wellington I highly recommend going to Tapapa if, if this exhibit's on they've got uh, Gallipoli who Weta who do all the graphics for Peter Jackson's films mm. have done this big um, display around Gallipoli and I've got these l- larger than life models like maybe three times scale of a human I'm not quite mm-hmm. sure exactly how big it is but man it's pretty eerie it's pretty pretty phenomenal so Porno went in there and then we went out for dinner I had to pay for dinner Porno paid for the, our cheap hostel and then uh, went to the concert amazing then ran to the airport do you know what really? John why really? would you live in Wellington why not well there's lots to like about Wellington but yeah. that wind yeah it would do your head in. It would. It would do your head in. But luckily, the wind was behind us. Good. So that was good. So we ran 9K to the airport. But because Porno had the Coro Club, had a shower at the Coro Club, John. Oh, yep, done that. Yeah. Yes. And then had breakfast. So excited about the Coro Club. You are. You are. Yeah, I was pretty excited about the Coro Club, to be honest. What other gosses mine, John? Um, I'm home. I'm right. home for the year. I've got right. one little day trip to Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And other than that, my year is done. Right. John, you're really not listening to me, are you? No, not really. Why not? What are you doing? Just checking, I got, yep, yep. You stuffed up the interview time, didn't you? No, no, I have not. I'm just checking, I didn't. We're going to go do the interview right now. Is he there? He hasn't come on yet. Okay. Yeah, so, so I can talk a little bit longer. So, um, yep, so I got home. Queensland was good. Gosh. Joe, Joe had a good race. Yeah. She got 10th in her age group. Nice. Yep, and uh, I think 26th overall. Mm-hmm. Had a bit of a calf problem. Mm-hmm. She, uh, did I remind you that she beat you in the press ups? 
Yeah. Pff. Yeah. We haven't had validation on that. Well, do you want to challenge now? No. No. Uh, what else, John? That's really bad. Let's it. just cut it there. What about Chris Cornell? He was really good. Mm. Oh, I got a meal last night and I wasn't too happy with it. Oh, Went to this place that was like a Malaysian Such place. Such a problem. Well, no, but every meal had prawns in them. Yeah? Like everything on the menu. What's wrong with prawns? What's your, what's your beef with prawns? I'm a of prawns. Like at least have another option. So then what I thought to myself is I thought, well, it's okay. What I'll do is I'll get the chicken, the chicken noodle mm-hmm. without with the prawns. prawns. No, no prawns, please. But they, it was made with fish sauce. And then they had like these fish fakes on top. Yeah. But the funny thing was, John, as I started the meal going, Ugh, and Porno ordered curry, and his looked really good, and they had the naan bread. And he had the prawns. Dude loves the naan breads. Yeah. No, the, the curry was the only thing that didn't have prawns. I was not a huge fan of prawns. <laughs> so you don't like curry, you don't like prawns. I'm not a big fan of curry. I'll eat curry. Yeah. But I, th- I like a chicken. Yeah. And it did turn out there was, was a chicken curry. But anyway, I did have food envy when <laughs> Porno's come out, because do you like naan bread? Love naan bread. Love some naan bread, eh? Mm-hmm. There's never enough naan bread. And chicken, buttered chicken with naan mm-hmm. bread. Oh, it's a great meal. Those carbs are all going to... Oh, yeah. You're going to hurt. I'm, I'm going to die. Remember, mm. there's a period where you tell me I die every week? Oh, you, you are. <laughs> well, I suppose we all are. But anyway, by the end of the meal, I liked it. Good. So it kind of turned around on me. It's Would like, I order it again? It's like talking to a 10-year-old. I'm not eating that. I'm eating that. I'm eating that. Oh, that's quite nice. It's quite nice. <laughs> right, let's get ready for this interview. Okay. Iron Russ. I'm a Train hard. Train smart. Kia, Kia car. Car.